welcome back to the Circular Economy Show podcast, where we're asking your big questions about the world of circular design. My name is Seb, and in this episode, my co-host Lou and I grill the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's circular design lead, Joe Isles, on why design is so important to a circular economy, what he means by circular-ish, and how organisations might start to apply circular design principles today. Now, Joe, I'm not going to grill you on regeneratively grown organic vegetables. I'm going to roast you on everything circular and design. Good. Your first question is, <laughs> why is design so important to the circular economy? Well, really, design and the circular economy goes together hand in glove. We, we're not talking about, when we talk about circular economy, just treating the symptoms of a, an economy that doesn't work as creates waste and pollution. We're talking about addressing the root cause. So intuitively, design's part of the answer there. And when, when you go a level further, everything around us is, is designed. For some things, that's really obvious. We, we, we talk about designer clothes. We know that they are, they're designed. But, but the places we live, the places we buy our food, um, the, 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 the systems which give us mobility and help us communicate, they're all designed. And if you take one simple thing, like a piece of takeaway cutlery in a, from a restaurant. We think about the way it looks, the way it feels in our hand, um, the color, the type of material. Those are all obvious design choices. But design choices also influenced the price of the thing, um, why we need takeaway cutlery, the business model that surrounds it, um, where those materials come from and where they might end up. So design is a really pervasive force uh, in our economy. And that's why if we want to see the shift to a circular economy, we really need to be leveraging design and working with designers and creative professionals. So design and the circle, we go in hand in glove, everything is designed and we need to have take on this kind of bigger view of what design actually is. A question we obviously get asked almost all the time is, but why would you do this? What are the opportunities and advantages of adopting the circular economy and designing for a circular economy? Well, there are huge opportunities in designing for a circular economy. First and foremost, there's resource use. So the opportunity to really engage with and use resources in a different way. So to use things without using them up or to get a, a greater sort of intensity out of the, the, the products and materials that we found, find in our economy. There's the environmental benefits. We know that 45% of emissions come from how we make and use things, how we grow food and how we manage land. And that's where we need circular economy strategies to try and tackle those emissions. But then there's also benefits like uh, being able to offer better, more convenient or healthier, safer products and services for people. I think we can all feel, certainly living in the UK and um, in, in fairly sort of affluent societies, a lot of markets are, are fairly saturated. And that's why if you look around, if you think about some of the big innovations in major product categories from recent years, we see the camera got a little bit better or the processor got a little bit faster or the washing machine washed your clothes a tiny bit better. We see these incremental innovations. I think circular economy gives designers a chance to offer something radically different, offer people something that's way more convenient or, or useful than they might be uh, used to. And then there's things that we may not even consider like employee engagement. So designers come out of design school, they want to change the world and, and they find themselves in companies and they want to know that the organizations that they're working for are really conducting innovation in a purposeful way. They're leaving a positive impact. So circular design can be a great way to engage 
uh, passionate practitioners as well. Joe, we've heard a lot recently about circular-ish. Can you tell us a bit more about what that actually means? Yeah, so circular-ish is a colloquial term that I believe I came up with. Circular-ish I think of as an attitude, as, a, as an approach to innovation for the circular economy. We know that most of the innovation we need for a circular economy hasn't been done yet. And we, we I think, whilst we talk about systems change and the need for systems change, we know that that doesn't happen immediately. Maybe if there's some sort of revolution or something like that. But we know that systems change for a circular economy really will happen through um, lots of sort of innumerable connected smaller innovations, lots of dead ends, lots of false starts, and lots of successful breakthroughs along the way. So circular issues is really about getting more realistic about that and saying, no one does, can do it straight away. It doesn't happen overnight in one flash of brilliance. And there are people who, designers who really get it, they really understand what the circular economy is, but the thing that they've done is not complete because perhaps they were hampered by the organization that they work in and some of the wider context, or, or they've made an amazing durable table, but the economy around them is linear and people still chuck stuff in the bin. Um, there are people who maybe run a pilot uh, in an organization, but there's no broader sort of trajectory towards transforming the overall organization. There are people who are really well-meaning, they have good intentions, but maybe they don't quite understand the nuances of a circular economy. Uh, and then perhaps there are some uh, innovators as well who have vested interest in the linear economy, so are calling something circular but taking it in another direction. Circular-ish, I think, is about, it's really a, a call to get a bit more honest about the types of innovation that are happening at the moment and that will happen in the future to scrutinize all innovation for a circular economy and nurture the innovation that is directionally sound um, and, and help the people behind those innovations take them onto more ambitious, more regenerative, more impactful solutions. So there's no danger of circular-ish becoming a bit of a cop-out for the real deal? I think it probably is a danger and it's something that that, that we need to watch out for. And if, if people are watching and saying, oh, that's fine, I can do the bare minimum and call it circular-ish, then uh, I've missed the boat with this idea. The, the types of people I'm thinking of are designers that come out of design school. They've, they, they've, they've, they want to change the world. They come out sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, then what they're hearing is designers are responsible for so much of the sort of damage and destruction, all these wasteful products that end up in the bin. Um, how, do we, how do we capture their ambition and, and support those who want to start building the circular economy into, into the way that they work and the things that they create? And I, I, think, I think of a, maybe a designer who has managed to incorporate 50% um, uh, um, recycled material into a product that, that was formerly purely made of virgin materials they're probably quite proud of that. They probably had to do things that, and work with people that they'd never worked with before. Um, they might have had some really good feedback from it or some good press. So I wonder if, if we say, you didn't get it right, or that's, you, didn't, you didn't try hard enough, whether that's actually quite, um, that undermines them. And, and really we could be saying, it's a good start. Don't get hooked on some of these, um, some of these first steps and keep innovating, keep heading towards those more ambitious outcomes. Um, actually, Joe, I was asked about circular-ish in an event in Amsterdam. Uh, you know, I thought to myself, gosh, I'm friends with this guy who like <laughs> has this world-famous concept. Yeah. Um, I should be trademarking it now, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably too late. You have, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So we've heard why circular economy is so important, design is so intertwined, and why design is important for a circular economy. We've heard about the opportunities and advantages that bring. We've talked about this kind of tightrope you're almost inviting mm. designers to walk on between celebrating success towards a journey without becoming satisfied with it or allowing it become a minimum level of acceptability. You began to talk a bit there about what are the first steps. And that's, again, that's probably a very common question you get. When designers come up to you or people who are involved in design in some way and they say, I want to get started, what are my first steps? What do you say to them? Well, I think designers often lunge for certain characteristics of circular design, like repairability or durability or biomaterials, and and maybe then get frustrated when they, they can't really put those into practice easily. So one thing we've started to think about in terms of a starting point has been the the sort of broader context or the organizational setup for circular design that just make designing for a circular economy easier. Um, we think there are six really crucial things here. Firstly, understand your system. Understand the system that your, your, your company operates in, uh, the, the, the wider industry, the history of that industry. Why does that system work in the way it does? And the products that you create and release, why, where do they end up and where do they come from? How does that system work? Then visualize a circular future. So rather than just um, thinking about what you create currently and thinking how could we make that 5% better, 5% more efficient, what about um, envisioning uh, a, a radically different future for a product line or for your, your industry based on circular economy principles that you could then work towards? Thirdly, about building capabilities. So people need to know about how to design for a circular economy, not just the designers, but, but other departments in the organization as well. The more people that know about this concept, the more opportunities there'll be to, to, to create solutions. Um, creating space for collaboration is number four. So designing up, upstream innovation is actually quite hard. It's quite complex uh, and it needs proper space for, for the, the stakeholders and actors to work together in the right way. Then there's uh, rules. So what rules are you using to guide your creations? There are um, new guidelines coming from policy level, from the EU, for example. They could guide what you might want in your product or might, what you might want to eliminate from your product, certain materials. Maybe rules that guide how long your product should last. So really what we're talking about here is what's on the design brief. Is the design brief setting your designers up for circular economy innovation? And then finally, tools. What tools are you using? Um, they could be um, tools that uh, certain types of software, like digital twins or something like that, or it could be something uh, like some sort of metric to help you evaluate whether the changes you made to your product made it a bit more circular or not. So really, um, it's those areas that the the, the the organizational conditions for for circular design, which I think are a really powerful and sort of underappreciated starting point. So we need to change our organizations in order to change what our organizations essentially produce, depending on the organization. just want to pick up on one bit of terminology they use there, because quite often we talk about this notion of upstream mm. design. And obviously, we're not purely talking about rivers yeah. there, Joe. What do we mean by upstream design? Well, I think what, what we mean in a way is, is rather than designing from waste and using a bit of waste to create something new, which, which may then in turn end up as waste. We're talking about designing waste out from, from the outset. A sort of hypothetical analogy about upstream innovation comes from a, a really good book called, um, called Upstream by an author called Dan Heath. And he says, if you moved to a community where your house was constantly being burgled, 
one thing you could do to address that is you could install a burglar alarm. And that would be quite a downstream measure because the criminal is already in your house. You could put a sign out on your lawn that says, I've got a burglar alarm, and that could deter people from breaking in. It would be a bit further upstream. And then way upstream could be creating a community with enough opportunity um, where no one feels they need to burgle their neighbours' houses. Obviously, that's a far more ambitious and complex problem, one that will probably take a lot longer. Uh, it might be even a bit harder to measure. And initially, it might seem that no one owns that problem. And that's what we see with some upstream challenges, that they aren't more complex. They're a bit less heroic, as Dan, Dan Heath says. But that's where the lasting impact lies. So design and the circular economy are inextricably intertwined. We need to celebrate successes and we must redesign our organisation to meet this new era of design. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Circular Economy Show podcast from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Let us know what you'd like to hear about in future episodes by taking our quick survey. Find the link in the show notes of this episode. Until next time. Thank you.